Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight. LSU is the deepest team on defense in the SEC. Are they? We'll debate on that. We got a lot to talk about LSU's defense. They were horrid last year. They're coming back. A lot of uh, true freshmen are making huge impacts so far on this defense. What am I hearing in reference to this defense, especially these young guys? We'll talk about that. Zach Pearson, the Mr. Zach Pearson, who used to join us on Thursdays, joins us tonight in his new slot on Wednesdays. We're going to dive very deep into LSU baseball. What is going good? What is going bad? Uh-huh. And maybe what is going eh. A lot to talk about. <laughs> we might talk a little bit of the draft, too. And the Masters. The Masters is tomorrow. We got a lot to talk about. Nevertheless, we got some comments to get to before we get started. Uh, Blake Doucette says, hashtag who Mike Jones? Craig Schilling says, and we are live. Steven Miller says, here we go. Uh, Kenny says, nothing like a little uh, AYS with Blake after a long work day. Dylan Holly says, we are live. That we are, my good friend. Wayne McBride, with the best comment out the gate, says, these folks need to start putting some damn respect on Coach O's name. Damn it. They better. <laughs> you, you know, guys, I'm fired up tonight. I, I, I'm fired up. Everybody's sending the stars on Facebook. Everybody's sharing this to their feed. Everybody's sharing it to some Facebook groups. We're fired up. And we're going to get ready to go. Danny says, what's up, Blake? Let's go. What's going on, Danny? Brandon says, what's going on? What's going on with you, my brother? Austin Thibodeau says, and we are live. I think that's our new, that's our slogan. We might need to get some T-shirts made saying, and we are live. 
I think we got to. I think I'm going to actually get back into that. Tony Weaver says, hashtag go Tigers with my Coach O pick facial expression. Hell yeah. We're going to talk a little defense. All right, guys, before we get started, we do have to do this. Um, huh. I'm not sure if you guys heard the news, um, but former LSU baseball player Cedric Harris' uh, son, CJ, passed away this past week. Um we are going to do a moment of silence for CJ. We're going to play a little bit of a, a Amazing Grace tune while we do that. We're going to take about 20 seconds um, to take some time to remember CJ, to think about the family and the struggles and the, and the things that they have going on. And we're going to be you know, thinking about them, praying for them. Children are the best of us. And... Uh, I can only imagine um, what the Harris family's going through. Um, so right now, before we get started, before we do anything else, we want to remember C.J. Harris, Cedric Harris, and his family. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to take about 20 seconds for him in this moment of silence. Stay tuned, guys. Hold on one second. Rest, rest easy, CJ, and to Cedric and everybody, uh, we really, really appreciate, uh, not appreciate, but we really, really are thinking about you guys. No real way to transition from that, uh, <laughs> but we had to do it. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about our good friends, pay some bills around here before we get started, and none better than our good friends over at GM Varno & Sons. GM Varno & Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge for over 62 years. With their, highly great, with their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor home chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And tell them Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. And our good friend, Mr. Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. If you want the best-looking yard in your neighborhood, they're damn sure going to give it to you. Again, that's 225-937-7220. And tell them your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS, sent you on by. Okay, so we're going to do the hashtag Ask Blake in here, too. Uh, but we're going to start off here. Let's talk a little football and a little spring. Because there's some information that I got. I know that Ed Orgeron alluded to it, and we'll get to the comments. Um... But Coach O alluded to this defensive line. And the more and more I hear and hear some of these uh, true freshmen that are coming in already making an impact, and some of the true freshmen that will come in that aren't even on campus yet, who we believe will have a huge impact for uh, LSU. Uh, let's start up front in the defensive line. Mason Smith, from what I understand, yes, he's got to get better in the running game, uh, but he, when Ed Orgeron says 
that he is the best interior pass rusher. He's not joking. Uh, a lot of people are making a lot out of the offensive line. Hey, you can't handle Mason Smith. Well, it's not just Mason Smith that he's having to handle. I know a guy that was a freshman last year in Jaqueline Roy and Tank Guillory that are also two guys that will back up and be in that defensive tackle role. That is a big, big lineup that you have in the interior. Guys, you quite honestly have three five-star guys in the interior of your defense. Now you have B.J. Ojolari, Savion Jones, other guys. Yes, I know Savion Jones. I mean that B.J. Ojolari was there last year, but he gets that eligibility back. So not only do you have experienced guys like a Glenn Logan, Neil Farrell on that defensive line, you have a lot, Andre Anthony, Ali Gay, a lot of experience. Those guys in and of themselves are five junior seniors that can start along the defensive line. But let me list the second team, if you were in no specific order to put them in there, is you would have B.J. Ojolari at a defensive end. Jaqueline Roy, Mason Smith, a Tank Guillory in the inside. And you have a multitude of guys that can play the other defensive role. And Savion Jones is one of those guys who I think is going to come in and, and impact this LSU team very early on. Very early on. Um, something that someone inside the building told me today, uh, I, I, and I asked very vividly about Damone Clark, the linebacker, where's number 18, struggled a lot last season. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I don't want to give you the exact quote because there's a lot of, a little bit of explicit in there, but he told me that nobody nobody in the in the in the linebacker room has made a bigger impact or shown a bigger impact than Demon Clark, and now you have a guy like Bug. Uh, Bug Strong, Novantik Strong, that's right there next to him, and my new favorite player on LSU. You already know who it is. Who? Mike Jones is going to be there too. Guys, we're just talking about the front seven. And yes, this is on paper. And there are a lot of holes that that LSU got gashed with in the running game and a lot of bad things that we saw last season. But I don't think it's going to be there again. Because when I sit here and look and I see some of this film that LSU produces and LSU gives out, and I'm saying, man, that guy's running with the third team? Like, hey, that guy's running with the twos? Hey, a true freshman, the number one player in the country? It's going to be on the field on third downs because he's easily your best interior rusher. Oh, by the way, Jaqueline Roy, who had two sacks against Florida, and that offense from a season ago is still technically a freshman. Something feels a little off, not off, but something feels a little bit better for me. Now we're looking at the DBs. We'll start with another freshman because we're talking about freshmen that are coming in. Sage Ryan's not there yet, but Derek Davis is. And the way that I understand it is it looks like Derrick Davis Jr. out of Pennsylvania is going to get the start in the spring game. Very candidly here. I don't give two Rudy Poos about a spring game. Am I interested to see what kind of things Jake Peets and uh, Durante Jones run against one another? Absolutely. Like, I'm really interested to see how they attack one another. But here's a good thing, too, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Nobody on planet Earth, nobody, on planet Earth, knows what those two coordinators are going to run. That can make you very deadly. Yeah, well, uh, Jake Peets wants to run the RPO game. There's a lot of different ways and formations and things that you can do in the RPO game. 
We don't have really an idea. Yeah, we, we know that there's going to be a four-defensive line group for this defense for Durante Jones, but that's because you can't afford to take some of these defensive linemen out. You're going to take Jaqueline Roy out? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to take Jaqueline Roy out. Okay, that sounds great. They're going to have to be able to get to the, uh, to the quarterback only rushing four. I think that they can do that. I really, really, really think that they can do that. So those are some things defensively. It, 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 it continues to feel like to me that the more and more information I get from LSU is the simple nature that the defense looks much more improved. Well, Blake, they were 100th last year. They've got to be more improved. I, I got it. I'm with you. I get you. I get you. You better watch out because even when you talk about corner, when you talk about Derek Stingley Jr., who's got to have a big year, and I think that he will, Elias Ricks, Dwight McGlothern, and and as I've said before, I'm the CEO and chairman of the J-War fan club. I heard that in the last Thursday little scrimmage, he had two interceptions. Might be one of the best moves that we've seen in a really long time. You know, the last time that a, a really talented corner that I can remember made the leap from corner to safety and had a big impact was Brandon Taylor. Like, to this extent, we'll see. So you could have some really good experience uh, there. All right, let's get to a couple of these comments. Landon Benoit says, I'm, I'm so pissed off. Now we are going back on Coach O and trying to bring up old news that the public uh, that is public knowledge. They're grasping now. Uh, if, you're, if you guys don't know what Landon's referring to here, Tiger Rag... TigerRag.com came that said put an article out talking about a um, restraining order that Ed Orgeron had in 1992. A restraining order, uh, guys. I, I'm sorry, but I agree with Landon here. Guys like Matt Moscona. Um, Glenn Gilbo, uh, whoever runs Tiger Rag Magazine or whatever, whoever in the hell that Rudy Poo is, I mean, man, they're grasping at straws. You know, of all, and I don't mean this in a wrong way, but of all the people that Sharon Lewis, the, the woman who is suing LSU for $50 million, of all the people in that lawsuit she names, Scott Woodward, Les Miles, Miriam Seeger, Verge Allsbury, so on, so on, and so on, Frank Wilson, so on, and so on, and so on. She doesn't put in that lawsuit at Orgeron. Why is that? Why is that? Why is it that Sharon Lewis has filed a RICO suit uh, on LSU, but Ed Orgeron's not in it? And then why turn around and say that Ed Orgeron needs to either, number one, testify. Look, if you want him to testify, you these people are elected officials. They can do whatever they want. Whatever. Not really whatever they want. You know what I'm getting at. If they want to subpoena him, subpoena him, whatever. But at the end of the day, put some gosh dog respect on that man's name. I, I am so sick and tired of coming out here and, and defending Ed Orgeron off a of baseless, absolute bullshit. Let's get to some more good stuff. Let's talk some. Let's talk some football and baseball. Gabrielle, what's up, Gabby? She says, "Sup, guys. Tigers and the Miters in the house. Since none of y'all know my name, go Tigers. Hashtag be like uh, CJ. Yeah, 
Uh, and Craig says, great gesture, Blake. Be like CJ. Yeah, we're, we're really thinking about them, man. I know we see a lot of comments. Darren uh, says, prayers to Cedric Harris, his family. God bless. May they uh, have some peace in this very difficult time. Yeah, we're really uh, thinking about them. John says, that's awesome, Blake. First class. Uh, I appreciate that, guys. We just need to remember them. Uh, I, I Guys, I can't imagine. Guys, you know when Ben runs in here. I, I can't. I, I can't even think. I can't. I, I can't bring myself there. Uh, I, I am praying for them. Uh, Wade says, keep hearing Stingley is having a great spring. Um, yeah, he is having a pretty damn good spring. Um, you know what's funny is there if you go back and look, um, there is some video clip of Miles Brennan, and you guys know that I'm not, haven't been, I, I've kind of gotten after uh, Miles a little bit. He attacks Derek Stingley Jr. <laughs> multiple times, and it's a no-fly zone right now. And look, he's going up against Kayshawn Boutique. He's going up against number one wide receivers. Uh, barring injury, this kid is – we know what this kid did as a freshman. He's got some things he's got to clean up. We, uh, He hears the noise about what happened with him and uh, Devontae uh, – I'm about to say Devontae Lee. Devontae Smith. I think that I think that Derek can really have a needs to have a good year and, and will have a good year, guys. Who are you going to throw it at? I mean, because now you have Elias Ricks who has another year under his belt. You have Derek Stingley uh, or a year under his belt, and he's going to be a sophomore. Derek Stingley, this will be his third year, guys. They got a lot of god dog talent on this defense. If LSU's defense does not improve and is not good, it won't be for a lack of talent. Uh, Lamar says that that line is going to be monsters. Yeah, on the defense, guys, again, look at the second-team D-line. Everybody's freaking out, oh, my God, why is the second-team O-line not doing good? Because you, they're sec- the, the, the second-string defensive linemen are really guys that are going to be rotating and guys that could be starting. Tank Guillory and Mason Smith are the two defensive tackles on the second team. And you're ask, and people are asking me, well, oh, hey, why is Cardell Thomas struggling? Because he's getting his ass beat by Tank Guillory and and Mason Smith and and, and company. Uh, and that's not. And you know a guy that I didn't even um, throw out there that Ed Orgeron's talked about so glowingly is Joseph Evans. He said Joseph Evans has had the best camp for the D line. Now we've heard that before, but the guy, I mean, look, I, I'll go with Ed on that. All right, let's get a couple more before we get to Zach Pearson. Uh, Aaron Adams says, it's been a while since I've been this excited about LSU defense. Me too. Like, I'm really pumped. Look, I, I want to see what they do in the spring. I think it's going to be eye-opener to see. Uh, wh- it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, we remember in 19 when everybody's like, oh, well, they, they spread it out on LSU's offense, but they still were kind of subpar. And then 19, it just exploded. I kind of feel this way about the defense. Now, look, they're going to give up yards. They're going to give up points. Dominating defenses are dead. Remember the AYS Triple D. Juice Washington says, Jay Ward will be an all-SEC player. Watch. I I think that he he certainly has the talent. He certainly has the talent. Uh, Peggy Red says, they had talent last year, but, Lord, the communication with Pelini there was zero. Yeah, they had a lot of talent. Uh, Austin Thibodeau says, hashtag ask Blake any word on the new running back rotation. Um, we'll see as it continues to go on. Um, 
John Emery and Ty Davis Price came back this past week and, and Thursday. Ty Davis Price had a big day. Uh, TDP had two yard or two rushes where he busted off for 25 yards. He's a lot slimmer, um, so it looks like TDP is going to be running back one right now until you got Cordy Connor and Amari Goodwin coming in. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Miller says Rico Suave. Yep. All right, last comment. Then we're going to get to Zach Pearson. Kenny Russell says, Matt Muscona needs to be fired trying to f- get Coach O fired. Uh, pisses me off because I believe he's innocent. Well, guys, I've been I've been preaching this for uh, almost two weeks. Due process, man. Due process. Uh, I mean, he, he, he ran out there and said, fire Coach O. You know, Gloria Scott's right. And then the audio said that she was extorting LSU for money. <laughs> I, I didn't. Look, and here here's the, I, I should have said this yesterday, but I forgot. A lot of people are saying in the media that uh, LSU, um, what's the word that they used? Um, LSU discredited Gloria Scott. No, Gloria Scott discredited Gloria Scott. Let's not get that twisted. Let's not get that twisted at all. All right, we're going to get to Zach Pearson. We have a lot of questions uh, for Zach Pearson in here, so let's let's get to him. But before we get to that, guys, our uh, our segment with Zach Pearson is brought to you by John Adam, our home lending team. Guys, you got to get in touch with John if you're thinking about buying a new home. And as I know that Zach Pearson just bought him a new home, uh, saving money on that mortgage that you have now, even doing that cash out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton from Area Home Lending today. If you mention this show, I know he'll send his team out for a free appraisal. Get in touch with him today again at 225-663-2500. And tell him Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. It's been too long, dog. It's been too Rudy Poo long. How has my man been? Oh, I've been great, dude. I've been great. I missed you guys. Well, we missed you too. Uh, Zach, look, <laughs> I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like the uh, – did you ever watch The Office, Zach? Yeah, yeah, about 10 times. Okay. So you remember the episode where uh, Dwight, like, lights the fire in the office for fire safety? And then Michael Scott yeah, runs, and Michael Scott runs out and says, "Okay, nobody panic. I'm stay I, calm. I, everybody stay calm. I want to be that right now. Um, it's really difficult. Uh-huh. LSU baseball is one and eight, fourth in the SEC West. Take us through that. Yeah. What What are some things that you're seeing that you think that? Uh, just tell me, what are you seeing? <laughs> um. Well, so I. I I really wish they would have done better against Tennessee. Um, I wasn't on last week, so we didn't get to talk about that series much. Um, I thought they, I thought they underperformed against Tennessee. Um, I thought Vanderbilt just looked really good this weekend. Um, I still don't think they're a bad team by any stretch. Uh, I know I, I see a lot of people jumping off the bandwagon right now. I'm not doing that. I really think they're a talented team. Um, losing Hill, uh, I mean, obviously chops them off at the knees for how far I think they can really go. But as far as the rest of the season goes, I still think they can swing it with any Saturday matchup and any Sunday matchup that they have. Um, I use those two games in particular because that's going to be what's about to change around, right? I mean, Marceau's not going anywhere for the time being. So I still think they can swing it with anybody. Like, I mean, they put up they put up good at-bats against Leiter, who was um, – 
who I truly thought was having like throwing his A game. Like we weren't we didn't have some lighter up there on the mound who was throwing his C game and competing and we were making uh making mistakes hurt. No, this dude was crisp, he was clean, and we still put up two runs on him, which I don't know if any team can say. Um, no, like, I don't and, think this. No, Zach, they can't. They can't do it in over ninety-five innings, two runs. Yeah, I mean that's he, <laughs> that, that kid's remarkable, right? Now, um, and we were talking about this, um, you know, during it and everything. But yeah, he's remarkable. Yes, we played well against a great player. Um, we also allowed eleven runs. So even if we did blow that game open offensively, we probably lose the game. Uh, you know, best case scenario, eleven to ten. So. I think this team is really good. Um, I still think their roster top to bottom is very competitive. I just don't think we've seen them play a complete game yet. I don't think we've seen them dominate offensively, defensively, and on the mound. We haven't seen all three pieces of this game click at the same time yet. We have these games where they swing it like crazy and the, the pitching staff allows way too much. We've had games where the pitching staff comes out crisp and clean and then our offense can't swing it. Um, I still think this team has a chance to make a run right now, specifically at this point in the schedule. Um, you're going to Kentucky. Coach Minge is over there. He's going to do his antics and all this and that. Um, <laughs> I still think LSU can go over there and take this series against a pretty good Kentucky team. What do you um, mean by – very rudely, what, tell us, what do you mean by antics? Like give, us, give the, the people kind of a preview. Well, I, so I like, I like Coach Minge a lot. Um, I, I – I, Mississippi State recruited me out of JUCO whenever he was there. I really liked him. I really liked Butch Thompson. And I didn't have a problem with, with Coach Cohen until I went to LSU. And then he realized <laughs> that, that, whole thing, that whole thing is just a clown show for a little while. Well, well uh, so, so Butch Thompson and, and Minge, I mean, they're, they're great coaches. They were underlings under Cohen. And Minge is kind of more of the character style. So, right. you know, he's going to have his – He's going to have his interviews where, you know, he makes his faces and his comments and everything like that. I like him. I think he's good for the sport. But, you know, he's more of an antics kind of guy than, uh, you know, you have you have some coaches who are a little more like down and dirty and then mm -hmm. some who are a little more like playing it up. He's just one of those guys who plays it up. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just his style. The very the best comment, I'll have to find it. He did a press conference. They asked him a question about somebody hitting. He goes, who gives a shit? Like that was <laughs> that was funny. I, I'll give you that. Zach, I gotta ask you this as a pitcher. And I see Stephen Miller ask this question. I'll just throw this question out there about hashtag ask Zach. We talked about this. I don't know what Paul's line of thinking is running four guys out there hitting 200 or below. If you're out there pitching, what's your thought process, man? Like, hey, there's four guys in the lineup hitting below 200. I gotta be crisp. And that puts a lot of pressure on Landon Marceau. Yeah. I, people are going to take the way that I say this wrong. That puts a lot of pressure on a Jane Hill and could get somebody hurt. You mentioned on this show that switching pitchers could get somebody hurt, and God forbid, one of them did. Okay, I'm not saying that, that Paul did something wrong there. That's not what I'm saying. But as a pitcher, tell me, what would be your mindset of four guys in that lineup just not hitting below 200? That's, a, that's an interesting question because – the fan side and the pitcher side, I think, are different because as a pitcher, I mean, every game you're going to allow zero runs anyway. So <laughs> I don't think it matters. You know, every time you're jogging out to the mound, you're like, okay, let me get these outs, and, it, and that's going to be the end of it. 
So from the pitcher side, I don't even know if you even look at that. Um, but yeah, from a fan perspective, it does kind of uh, it does kind of you know raise an eyebrow to an extent because you're you're wondering you know if if we do have a pitching staff who's going to allow a few more runs, especially now without Jaden Hill, then maybe I mean maybe you do need maybe you do need more swinging. Um, maybe you do need more bruisers up there. Um, I don't think the guys who can swing it really well, I don't think they're particularly bad on defense. So maybe you just roll with that and see, you know, if, if we're going to take a hit to our pitching staff, we might as well swing with them. Well, and, and, and I look, think this lineup is good enough to do that. And look, to Craig's point here, he says, despite a 1 and 8 SEC record, LSU has an RPI of 35, Zach. 35. And. Yep. That just means that they played a lot of good teams. Look, Oral Roberts had a sweep two weeks ago that no one's talking about, and they got beat by LSU. Got beat by him. Um, we, you talked about Jaden Hill. First off, what a horrible injury, Zach. I don't. I, I, I should have asked you this. I knew that we were going to talk about it, but did you have you ever been around a guy that's been so talented that just had the worst luck whatsoever, like Jaden Hill? Yeah, and it's super unfortunate because, you know, a guy like so a guy like Jaden Hill, he's not, I mean, he's not a bad guy by any stretch. You know, he's a he's a a great dude, a hardworking dude. He gets after it every day. Um, that that's just a guy who deserves to be out there. He deserves to be playing. He deserves to reap the benefits of 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 his his God given ability plus his work ethic. And so it sucks. It, it it always sucks when you see stuff like that because those guys, I mean, they don't deserve it. But injuries are part of part of the game of baseball and part of every sport and it's just unfortunate man it's a it's a really unfortunate way to be that's why um not to make a joke about it but that's why every time i play video games i like to turn injuries off bro we're going ones versus ones and that's it dude people get mad at me when i do that too but I, look it's a video game like i'm not trying to be yeah, realistic right like I, I, and every fan wants that too. At the end of the day, like every fan wants to be like, no, I would rather beat a team on their A game and then say that we beat them, than sneak through a team who's on who's on their third string guy. Um, and then you always kind of have it in the back of your head, like, would we have beaten them or not? Like, would the Saints have beat Denver with a quarterback? We don't really know. You know, like it's just one of those kind of things. You just Zach, I've been known to say this exact comment. What ifs don't mean two shits to me because what if is what ifs aren't reality, right? Like, yeah, it's it's just yeah. you're living in fantasy land. You know, we're playing. It's like we're playing Miles Morales Spider Man over here. It's just not real reality, right? I, I, I'm with you there. Who do you think starts Sunday? I mean, look, Blake Money came in against Vandy and really and, and look whisk and kind of yelled at Tim Corbin like, "Don't want to recruit me, bitch." Okay, I'll show you. And he's from Nashville. I would throw him out there Sunday, Loved Zach. It. What do you think? Loved it. I so I like having money um, as like a go-to bullpen arm, um, just because he really has shown a lot of consistency. He showed some really good stuff on the mound. Um, man, I thought his game. I, he came in game two, right? So yep. it was Hill got hurt. They they went to the guy, the other guy to the pen is I, I can't remember his name. Uh, Alex Brady. The, Brady. The door kind of got kicked open, and then <laughs> to say the then, least. Yeah, and then money jumped out there and just completely doused the fire. Mm. Um, I thought he was phenomenal, but I also like having him in the bullpen role for that exact situation. 
um, because he is a guy who can come in, eat up innings in like really crunch time situations. So I kind of like leaving him there. I did see uh, Coach Maneri said something about the, uh, I think it was Edwards texted mm-hmm. him and was like, I want it. Give it to me. You know what? You let him roll with it. That's how I feel. It's like, okay, I'll put that bulldog on the mound and we see where it goes from here. Um, you you may have your bullpen arms. You may you may tell him before the game, you know, while, while Edwards is warming up, he's not within <laughs> earshot. You may tell him before the game, like, hey, everyone on the tip of your toes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you may be ready at any moment. But, I, I mean, if, if a kid wants that bulldog mentality, let's see if he's real or not. I, I'm, I'm totally fine with giving him the chance. I'm assuming Labus goes up to Saturday. Yep. Um, or, or game two, I guess. I don't, I don't know what you'd want to call it. But I guess he goes up to Saturday. Actually, the way this week is set up, you don't really lose a day um, because game three was Saturday before Easter anyway. So he he stays on his schedule, and then, yeah, man, you just piece it together. It might be Johnny Holstaff in it again, like for old time's sake. <laughs> Zach, take me through this because I'm assuming you've seen a pitcher get hurt uh, in the time that you play baseball. You you mentioned Alex Brady coming in, and then Blake Money comes in and and, and shuts the door. Um, look, that's the kind of stuff that I think Paul's getting a little bit of pressure from. Um, do you do you think it's a little fair or or at all that fans are are kind of criticizing Paul in reference to this? They struggled in, in, in last season before COVID. They're struggling again now. Uh, what says you? Yeah, that's tough because, um, well, so naturally you don't you're not expecting to go to your bullpen in the second inning of game two, so. That, that part's really difficult. Um, you throw Brady out there. I don't know. I, I can't say that I would have gone with Brady. Um, but at the same time, you're not trying to use your late-inning guys in, in the second inning because, I don't know, it's just it's a tough situation. You never you never prepared for an injury to your to your starter that early. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from, from being in Brady's shoes, I think that's the worst position to be in in baseball. Absolutely. Where, where they they tell you you have all the time you need but you're like i'm not gonna take a 25 minute warm-up like there's no way i'm not gonna just blow all these minutes out here so you're rushing to try and speed getting ready and it's just it's an awkward situation i i don't envy that spot at all that's the worst to me um and then i mean credit money for coming in and i mean in a really brutal situation you're going up against a team who probably is the best pitcher in baseball at that time He's on his A game, and the door just got kicked in. And he just came out and just shoved it shoved it right down Vandy's throats. He did well. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you go to money first next time? Maybe. But maybe that's what you learned from this situation, too. Look, we're Monday morning quarterbacking a lot of things, uh, and I get that. And LSU being 1-8 and has literally not happened since the 1960s, so it's got fans a little yeah. bit up in arms, and I get that. Let's take a very quick – Side note here, and let's talk about Jack Leiter. Um, from a durability standpoint, I don't know if I wouldn't go rocker. It feels like to me that Leiter puts so much torque on his body that I would be a little afraid if I'm drafting. If I'm drafting, right. if I don't take rocker, I do think rocker is going to wind up finding his way in the back end of a bullpen uh, like a like a uh, uh, Jansen and with the Dodgers. That's what I think. Um, but Leiter is by far the best pitcher that the college baseball seen in a long time. That's not that's not really up for debate, is it? Cool. No, I mean it, he. 
what was his stretch right before I think Cruz got the hit off of him, but right before that he was at like twenty one straight 20, without a hit. Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, see yep. even worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy's incredible. He uh, he. So I was talking to, to some family members about this at Easter, but he pitches in a way that um, you can tell he's probably extremely athletic. He probably can run. He probably can run pretty well. He probably can jump through the roof. He really sits into his legs really hard, and he doesn't lose. Uh, he doesn't lose velocity, so he doesn't lose effectiveness. But I really think it comes from the lower half. So, if he's, I mean, if he's protecting, if he's protecting the smaller joints in that throwing motion, you know, like the whole kinetic chain thing from the ground up, he might be just as durable, just much uh, with a much smaller frame. One thing that I find really, really incredible was like I watched the last two innings of him throwing the no hitter. And the the last pitch of the game was like pitch number one hundred twenty something. It was ninety six miles an hour. Yeah, right. That is insane. Like that's the same as his first and second inning velo. It's ridiculous. That guy. I mean, he's got. I think he's durable. I think he's just got a much smaller frame, and that's just playing devil's ad to what you said. Um, I don't think you can really go wrong with either of those guys. Right. Um, because Rocker obviously has his pros also. It's just it's it's incredible they have both those guys going one and two, and I really wish I wish so if LSU had come out and gotten swept this weekend, but in game one and two being close games that you just lose to a team with really good pitchers, probably the first two picks in the draft, you know you just roll with that. I don't think fans would be that up in arms about this weekend. I think they'd say, well, shit. I mean, we fought really well against a very good opponent, mm-hmm. and we lost three close ones. I don't think the record. I don't think the one and eight record looks as bad that way. The problem was, we allowed like twenty five runs in the first two games, right? And so it looks it looks way worse. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think from this point on, you know, you have to just move on with April, and just you got to make a run. I think you can make a run here. I think this LSU team has the talent to go for seven or eight straight wins, but they I mean they have to piece it together and they have to play a complete games. Zach, we made fun of the kid from Tennessee that started Friday night. You remember you you tweeted in the most epic yeah. tweet of all time. I forget the kid's name, but you were like that that kid like that kid was supposed Is to be Chad named Dallas. <laughs> That's right. It was Chad Dallas. And you said that's the hard. If anybody's named Chad Dallas, (laughs) (laughs) dude. And what was the comment you said? Uh, the tweet. It was like that's the hardest ninety-one miles an hour I've ever seen thrown in my life, or ninety miles an hour. That dude. But you know, I I know we made fun of Chad Dallas, but you know what? One thing that Chad Dallas had that no one could take away from him was confidence. And it oh, yeah. seems to me that a lot of this, like I like the Edwards kid running out there and says, "Give me the ball on Sunday." It's kind of like Will Ferrell in the movie. <laughs> the other guys like Gator needs his gat, you punk ass b. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's how I. Yeah. That team needs that, right? Like, doesn't this team seem like they're kind of lacking some confidence? I'm not sure if they're lacking confidence, but they're lacking the. Um they're definitely not showing that like bulldog fighter mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, they're not showing, they haven't shown yet that they have a bunch of guys who want to step on the other team's throat. Like they haven't shown that yet. And you can't, you cannot win games in the sec unless you feel that way. Now you don't have to show it in order to feel that way. So I don't want to say the guys don't have it. 
I'm just saying, like, I don't see a guy who's out there like, if you guys line up, I will fight every single one of you in a row. You know, like, you have to have a team where everyone feels that way. Or, or like I said, you cannot win in the SEC because I guarantee those guys do feel that way, and they're very good baseball players. You know who does they have that? And, and then, and then uh, to rudely interrupt, you know who d- does have that is Blake Money. He comes out screaming off the mound, and then Doty hits a bomb off a guy that hasn't allowed a run in over 45 innings, Zach. 45 innings this kid hasn't allowed a run, and then Doty goes out there and hits a bomb. I think you're right. I think when he runs off the mound, you know, and look, just doing the baseball antics, beating his chest, you know, I'm with you. I just I'm don't. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of that. I was always a high-energy guy. Um, I just, I, I think it's good. I think it's really good for, especially from a reliever standpoint. I just think that, you know, it's just the way the game should be played. Um, but also, I, I can also say that the downside of that, the other side of the coin is that I, sometimes I'll get myself in trouble by letting the letting the motor run a little too much. <laughs> and then, like, you'd have guys like Aaron Nola with just, like, perfect flat line the whole game. They were killers between the ears, but they just didn't show it. I mean, there's pros and cons to both, but I partic- in particular love whenever relievers are just full fire. Um, we used to have a strength coach that'd say um, – he wanted he wanted our our bullpen to be so fired up they felt like they could put out the fires of hell with a water gun and that was just how I felt that was just you know it's just the way to play I think it's the funnest way to play. By the way, I talked to some people about Nola. Very quick story that Aaron Nola uh, has the longest long toss in human history. Like could be in the Guinness Book of World Records type Dude, shit. He uh you can see so you can see when guys can really throw. It, it comes through in their long toss and it's about how they spin it and buys that, you know, that extra little bit of hop on the back end and stuff like that. What Nola would do that always blew my mind was he wouldn't move his feet. Oh my God. He would start with like back leg planted and like a, like a, a balance point position almost. And he would dip into his back leg and still throw it all the way across the outfield. That was always impressive to me. Another impressive long toss I saw one time, in 14, we went to Vandy, and uh, it was the Friday night game. Carson Fulmer came in in relief, and he shoved it on us for four innings or so. We won the game 2-1 to one because it was 2-1 to one when he came in the game. And so that was just kind of how it finished. But he threw like four or five great innings against us, and then the next day when we showed up for batting practice, he was throwing foul pole to foul pole. Like, oh, my God. Like 12 hours later because we were doing a doubleheader the next day. And that dude was just letting it rip. I was like, well, that guy's a different beast. <laughs> I, I I don't understand. You know, if I would be the guy that's standing next to Nola or Fulmer or something like that, like throwing it from second to third, kind of like with a side eye from Twitter, like, hey, <laughs> what's up, buddy? You know what? But you, you you point to your partner like this. You seeing this guy? Yeah. Like, Let him know. Oh my God. <laughs> like we had a guy, Aaron Maples, who went uh, pitched at Southeastern, and he would throw the ball from me. Like I know that you're not literally next to me, but for me to you, he would want to throw it 93 miles an hour. And I'm like, dude, I'm not I'm not throwing with you anymore. Like this is intense. Okay, we're in high school. I'm warming up. I play first base. I get three throws a, uh, an inning at max, and it's back to a pitcher. It's just not going to happen, bro. Uh, we have a question yeah. very Zach, uh, quickly, Zach, before we get you out of here. Stephen Miller says, hashtag ask Zach, I know you weren't a hitter, but you hit bombs like Todd Peterson in high school. I know you did. Uh, but as quick as lighter works, why didn't we see more hitters like calling time, trying to break a rhythm, laying bunts, uh, to try to take him out of that rhythm? 
Is that just a, is that a head coach thing? Is that a pulmonary Eddie Smith thing? Like, I think that's a good point because Leiter was just really in motion and rhythm, and, and it didn't seem like anyone tried to break it. He was, and and um, so to that point also, his pitch count was high because of strikeouts, but he was never behind in counts. Like, no, I he feel was like not. every time I looked up, it was o two or one two. Like that dude was, he was straight attacking over and over, and I was even joking with my buddies that I was watching with. I was like, they should just close their eyes and swing. <laughs> the strike zone. Well, don't feel bad. That's what Alex Malazzo does every time he comes up to the plate anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I was like, man, I mean, he's in the zone. Like, he's in the strike zone. He's throwing hard fastballs. They have a lot of hop, but I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess throwing him off his rhythm would be a good strategy. Um, his pitch count was running up so much that I think they kind of knew it was going to be a, a short outing. But, I mean – I don't know. I'm, I feel like with a guy like that, you kind of go up there with the mentality of um, I'm, I'm trying to heat seek. I'm trying to attack right away because he's coming at you with fastballs. He's just really good pitcher. Well, Zach, um, so even they, even in the playing. even in the first inning, they got the bases loaded with one out. If you yeah. know that you're not going to get a hit, bunt that son of a bitch. I mean, I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback, but you're not going to get many runs off that human being. Take a run from him. You know, like late, tr at least yeah. try to. But then you go out and back to back. He struck out the side, Zach, in thirty pitches. I mean, you got to do something to generate a run because you and I both know. Now, now, here's something that it's even crazier. When he got punched in the mouth when that and Doty hit the bomb, he wasn't the same. He, 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 you could tell he just wasn't the same. What does a run in the first inning do to a kid? Because we saw what it did to him when Doty hit a bomb. I, you know. Those are the small things to me, Zach, that over time yeah. start adding up, right? Like I would have called I would have called a bunt right then and there. And not to mention, so so yeah, I, I do think it I do think it may have touched him a little bit because he hasn't been hit like that before. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Had that, no, that he hasn't. Absolute loud bat off of him. It hasn't happened prior to that moment. Um now now also consider the rest of the situation in general. You're in Baton Rouge. They still have Jordan Hill in this moment. Um, the game is still tied unless he gets banged on in the first. You know, th this is a different situation than when he got hit late in the game with a big lead after the starter got hurt for the other team, right? It's a totally different scenario. So you're right. I mean, maybe if you do, if you show up, punch him in the mouth right away, you might let him know, like, this isn't the place for that. Well, even but, too, Zach, he hasn't know. been around fans in a year and a half. He literally has not been in a stadium that's had fans in a year and a half. What does a roaring LSU crowd do when they get on their feet and start drinking beers and smoking cigarettes behind the, the dugout where no one, you know, even, well, we're going to smoke these cigarettes behind with our mask on. Who gives a shit? I mean, we're just, we just put up a run against the lighter. Who gives a damn? I mean, that's the kind of, again, that's the kind of small stuff that gets me. Zach, one last question. We'll, we'll get you out of here. LSU's got to go 15 and 6 to get above 500 in the SEC. You said that they that you think that this team has the skill players and the guys to get back on track. What do you want to see from them this weekend? What do you think Paul should tinker with the lineup or anything? What on game 1, night 1, what do you want to see? Um okay, so the the theme of of everything I've said today, I want to see a complete team outing especially night one you got marceau so the pitching staff isn't hindered by any means you know you got marceau going out there Jaden hill's injury doesn't count friday night so i want to see a complete team outing 
Um, that's really what I want to see. This Kentucky team is a good team. They put it on Louisville last night. They they had a really good showing last night. A beatdown. Um, a beatdown. But they also but they also got a beatdown this weekend too. So right. so so they're in a very similar situation to us, except I think Louisville might be a little bit better than McNeese. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, I, I do think they're in a similar position to us. I think we're we're able to come out and put it on them. I think you need a team approach Friday night. And then if you get that team approach Friday night, then all the stuff that Maneri tells the team for the last three months clicks. It's all the stuff of like, guys, we always do well when it warms up. We always do well when we, we move the chess pieces at the beginning and then it always clicks at the end. That's the whole running theme of everything. Like we're gonna be great when we need to be great. That's how it always is. That's how it was both years I was there. It's how That's how they talked about it the years before I was there and the years since. But you still have to have people show up and do it. So you still need that full team approach. I think that's the main thing that I wanna see. Can you show up? Can you put together a very competitive game one on the road against a good team that you should be beating? I think that's what hurt them in the Tennessee series. I think Tennessee's a little better than we thought going in, mm-hmm. but also I still think they were good enough for us to play with. A um, couple tough breaks in that weekend, but really you got punched in the mouth in game one is really what happened. Um, and so I'll, I want to see this team show up like, well, we're not doing that again this weekend. Mississippi State's Mississippi State's a very good baseball team. Vandy's a very good baseball team. You still got Arkansas. You still got Ole Miss. You know, you still have very good baseball teams on the schedule coming up. These are the weekends you really have to come out and show, show what you're made of. You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to get the ball rolling now for momentum's sake, for confidence sake, for all of it. It has to start now. And last night could have been the start of it, but I want to see that. And then. And then finally, maybe like point A, B, C or whatever, I want to see, you know, if our pitching staff is going to take hits, like we mentioned earlier, let's roll with an offensive lineup. Let's just see what happens. Let's swing the shit out of it. Let's see if we if we bang with people. Come and get us. I don't know. <laughs> bang. Uh, um, you, bang. Maybe yeah. next week we'll get into, uh, you know, is pitching, you know, different, is hitting different. But, you know, it, it, I wanted to ask you the question – so many different questions of, you know, do you have to score a lot of runs to win? But then you, you see Colmore Rocker and then Jack Leiter, and you're like, well, shit, I can't say that. I mean, you just got dominated last weekend, so we'll see. But, Zach, we greatly appreciate you joining the show, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully we're not angry texting during the weekend about some LSU baseball. We won't be. We won't be. I'm speaking it into existence now. That ball's going to get rolling. It's April. Let's do it. It always happens. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. All right, that is former LSU pitcher, Mr. Zach Pearson. Uh, We got a lot of comments to get into. Uh, Paul Escon said something here. He said, Swagger starts at the top, and Paul Maneri does not have it. Uh, When you're supposed to be a leader and you have his attitude, that's not good. Yeah, this team needs swagger from somewhere. It needs swagger from somewhere. I wanted to really get into uh, uh, some more football talk. Um... Mike asked uh, on YouTube, did Alex Adams move back to wide receiver? He did. Uh, at least he was He was yesterday. He was yesterday. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll talk some more. Um, uh, let's just do this. Let's do a whole football talk tomorrow and, and, and get into it because I feel like we, as much as been off the field stuff and off the field shit, we have not been able to talk about on the field stuff, which has been extremely frustrating. 
Um, so we'll do that. We'll end it here. We greatly appreciate Zach Pearson for joining the show. We'll end it here, and then we'll we'll get back into talking to uh, some football tomorrow. But until then, guys, y'all have a good night. Uh, rest in peace to C.J. Harris, and we really are praying for their family. Uh, until then, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.